Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. You see, we've got to keep seeking out the will of God, knowing for sure that if we keep on seeking, if you haven't discovered it yet, then don't stop. Keep seeking. But God is looking for fervency. He's looking for intensity. He's looking for for passion. He's looking for people that say, you know, Lord, I, I want you to work in my life. And I'm not going to take no for an answer. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Genesis. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Genesis chapter 25, verse 12, through chapter 26, verse 35, in a message titled, Rehoboth. Now, here's Pastor Brian. We know that Isaac was married when he was 40. He had Esau and Jacob when he was 60. And now we're, at at the end of the story here, we're going to be told about Esau marrying at the age of 40. So a lot of years are transpiring here. And remember, Isaac is the, he's the heir. He's got the promises of God. He's the, the son of Abraham. He's that, he's that promised seed. He's the one who submitted himself to his father there on Mount Moriah. He's the one who cried out to God for Rebekah to conceive. But here's my point. He's God's man He's in God's will. He's moving toward God's fulfilling of his purposes in his life. But he's experiencing difficulty. He's experiencing conflict. He's experiencing trouble. And what that tells us is simply this. Jesus said it. In the world, you will have tribulation. You know, sometimes we think wrongly, but we do think this quite often. We think, you know, if I'm right with the Lord and if I'm right in the center of God's plan, everything is going to be just rosy. Everything's going to be great. I'm not going to have any problems. And then when I run into difficulty, when I find myself facing trouble or or distress, I immediately begin to question whether or not I'm really where God wants me to be. But over and over again, we find this kind of a thing all throughout the scripture. Sometimes things are the most difficult when you're right smack in the middle of God's will. We have to realize that being in the center of God's will doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to go real smoothly. It doesn't mean that we won't have trouble. It doesn't mean that we won't have difficulty. We will for a number of reasons. One of the reasons, of course, is because there's a devil and the devil is opposing God's will. So when you're in God's will and you're moving deeper into the fulfillment of God's purpose for your life, you can bet your life that the enemy is not gonna sit back idly and just allow that to happen, he is going to do what he can to try to thwart that plan. He's gonna come against you with everything. 
and try to stop you from advancing and progressing into the will of God. And then, of course, there's just the, the difficulty and the, and the struggles of life itself. So all of this to say, at some point, we need to, to get a hold of this understanding. It'll help us tremendously. We won't go through all of those mental gymnastics so often and, and those condemning kinds of of experiences because we think, oh no, I must have blown it or God must be upset with me or he must be angry at me or he must have forsaken me because look at what's happening in my life. No, that's not the case because as we pointed out before, these things that come our way, whether they come through the agency of the devil or they come just as a result of living in a fallen world, these are the things that God uses to refine us and to purify us and to develop character in us and to actually further prepare us for the work that he has for us, uh, both now, presently, and on into eternity. Abraham had those long, long years of waiting and those difficulties. David went through it. And here we see Isaac. He's being driven out because of envy on the part of the Philistines. And so he has to pack up everything and he has to now seek out a new location. This is a hardship. This is a difficulty. But he's God's man and he's in the will of God. And so Isaac departed. He pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar. And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. What a cruel thing to do, stopping up a well. He called them by the names which his father had called them, the wells. Also, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. So they found running water, excited. All right, this is the place. We can settle down here. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, the water is ours. So he called the name of the well Esek, because they quarreled with him. Esek means quarreled. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that one also. So he called its name Sitna. Sitna means enmity. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. And he called its name Rehoboth because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Then he went up from there to Beersheba. So... Again, we're reading this. It's just historical information to us. But, you know, living it would have been a very challenging thing. Digging these wells, finding the water, being excited about potentially being able to settle. But then because of the strife and the contention, having to move on and then having to move on again. But then finally coming to that place that he refers to as Rehoboth. I do think that 
similar kinds of things happen with us. And in a sense, it's all as we move toward that Rehoboth, as we move toward that that spacious area or that place really that God has prepared for us. You know, God has a calling on our lives. And of course, one of the things that we must do is we must seek out the will of God. And we must seek to know just what it is that the Lord has for us and where it is that he would have us to labor. And sometimes in our attempt to discover that, we can find ourselves in quarrelsome kinds of situations. Sometimes we can find ourselves in places of contention. But there is, I believe, there is that Rehoboth. We have to keep moving, just like Isaac did. If you're at a place, you're wanting to serve the Lord, and yet you're at a place where you just feel like, you know, there's nothing here but strife, then perhaps you need to move in a different direction. You might move in a different direction. You might find yourself in a place where there's still contention or there's just something about it that doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really settle. But, you know, as you seek to know the will of God and as you follow after his will, there will come a place, I believe, for each one of us who are sincerely pursuing that, there will come a place where it will be for us like it was for Isaac. It will be a Rehoboth. It will be a place where we will just sit back and say, yes, this is the place. Now the Lord has made room for us and we're gonna bear fruit in this place. But what happens sometimes is that people get discouraged in the process and decide to give up. Oh, I tried it over there and it didn't work out and there was all kinds of strife and then I went over and did this and boy, that didn't come together either and I'm just tired of this and so I'm gonna go do something else. You know, it just really comes down to having a deep conviction about what God has called you to do. So, you know, we, we need to be seeking the Lord to really discover from him what it is that he's called us to do. And if he's called us to something, then we got to stick it out regardless of how difficult it might be, knowing that there will come a day when God will make room. It'll be sorted out. It'll be spacious and we can bear fruit there. But if we don't have the absolute confidence that God's called us to it, then perhaps all of that strife and all of that contention, perhaps that's an indicator that we need to move somewhere down the road. Maybe there's another place that God has for you. But again, I believe that God has a Rehoboth for each one of us. He has a place where you are going to bear fruit. He has a place where your gifts are uniquely designed for that particular task or uh, you know, for ministry to those people, keep on seeking that Rehoboth. Keep on looking for that place where the Lord will settle you and 
bring that blessing. It'll come. So from there, he went to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. So when it, it's interesting to me, too, that when he comes to that place where he senses, okay, this is the place, there's, there's room here, we can spread out, we can bear fruit, the Lord comes with the confirmation that this is indeed that place of blessing for him. And that's what will happen. God will come and he will, he will give us that confirmation. He'll give us that confirmation, I think, in a number of ways. He'll give us that confirmation in the sense that we'll have that peace that just comes upon us. He'll give us confirmation in the sense that others will bear witness. He'll give us confirmation in the area of fruit will be born from it. So God gives Isaac that confirmation And Isaac there builds an altar to the Lord. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath, one of his friends, and Fecal, the commander of his army. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me, since you hate me and have sent me away from you? But they said, We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, let there now be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm since we have not touched you and since we have done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. So he made them a feast and they ate and they drank. Then they arose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another, and Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. And it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servant came and told him about the well which they had dug and said to him, we have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. So Sheba means, or Beersheba means the well of the oath, the well of the oath. And we see one additional thing here. Those who were formally striving with Isaac, notice they come back around and they want peace. And you know, again, that's what happens when we, as as we keep seeking, and this is the thing that I want to just emphasize in closing tonight. We have to keep seeking I've talked to so many people that are frustrated because they feel like they can't discover the will of God. They can't get into the will of God. They don't know what God's will is. But don't be frustrated and don't give up, but do rather what Jesus said to do. He said, keep on asking Keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And at some point, he promised 
Those who keep on asking will receive. Those who keep on seeking will find. And those who keep on knocking, to them the door will be open. You know, for some reason, and this is something I don't understand, but it seems to be a reality. God, a lot of times, pushes us to a limit. God, a lot of times, for whatever reason, you know, he wants to see us really want something and express that desire by, you know, Lord, I am just, I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle for anything less. What, what he's looking to see really is, is passion. Do we really care? Are we, do we really want that thing? And I think of, you know, so many that they, they've got a deep, intense, passionate thing, but it doesn't last. It's short-lived. And they never receive the, the promise. They never really enter into the blessing. But why is that? Because they didn't keep seeking. You see, we've got to keep seeking out the will of God, knowing for sure that if we keep on seeking, if you haven't discovered it yet, then don't stop. Keep seeking. But God is looking for fervency. He's looking for intensity. He's looking for, for passion. He's looking for people that say, you know, Lord, I, I want you to work in my life. And I'm not going to take no for an answer. <laughs> What is it through the, the prophet Isaiah? I think it was. Isaiah says, give him no rest till he makes Jerusalem a blessing in the earth. Keep on crying out to God. I, I think of that story where it was, um, oh, I can't remember which king it was, but it's at the, um, toward the end of Elisha's life. And one of the kings comes to him and Elisha takes him over to the window and he opens the window and he says, get, get out your bow and you're going to shoot an arrow out the window. It's the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. But he says to him, take your arrows and strike the ground. And the king takes his arrows and he sort of taps the ground. And Elisha says, oh, what is the matter with you? God was ready to deliver your enemies into your hand. He was going to give you victory, but now you're only going to smite the Syrians twice. You're not going to have a full victory. And why? Because he had no passion. He had no heart. The, the prophet said, you should have struck the ground several times. And you know, sometimes I think that's kind of where we're at. Oh yeah, it'd be nice if God did something and oh, I'd like him to do something. But do we really want it? Are we really crying out to the Lord? I mean, you know, we look at our world and we're, I think, you know, pretty much aware that things are going from bad to worse. And we talk about it a lot. And we say, oh, you know, we need a work of God's spirit. We need a revival. We need a great move of the spirit of God. We talk about it and we write books about it and all of that. But, you know, do we ever really get down and say, Lord, we're not going to rest until this comes? Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. There is that Rehoboth. There is that 
that place, that spacious area where God will bless and where fruit will come, you must keep pursuing it. Keep seeking it out. Don't stop short. The Lord has so much that he wants to do in each one of our lives. And of course, it varies from person to person exactly how that is gonna work itself out and what it's going to look like specifically. But there's something there for you. There's something there for you in your family. There's something there for you in your business. There's something there for you just in the community in general. There's something there for you in the church. There's something there in all of our lives that God has for us. And our responsibility is to seek that out. And sometimes... As we see here with Isaac, sometimes the Lord is going to allow a difficulty to come along. Sometimes he's going to allow some trouble to arise. Sometimes he's going to allow a situation where somebody says, you know, you need to go. Maybe your boss says, you need to go. And you think this is the worst day of your life when the fact of the matter is this could be the best day of your life because you never would have gone out and gotten into the will of God but now you're being thrust out. But go out with expectation. God's got something better for me. God's got something fresh. God's got something new. God's got something exciting. God has a Rehoboth, a spacious, fruitful place for you. And so, verse 34, closing the chapter. When Esau was 40 years old, he took his wives, Judith, the daughter of Biri, the Hittite, and Basemoth, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and they were a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebekah. So back to Esau, the man who has no vision beyond his own personal enjoyment, has no real concern for the things of the Spirit, and now once again showing that by the choice, choices that he makes, disregarding the covenant, disregarding all of those things that his parents held dear, and taking as wives these Hittite women. So as we move on in the story, of course, Esau is going to become less and less relevant with the exception of his ongoing issues with Jacob. But from this point forward, the book of Genesis is going to focus predominantly upon Jacob. And of course, Jacob will become Israel. And from him, the tribes of Israel will come. For the month of November, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled A Non-Anxious Presence, How a Changing and Complex World Will Create a Remnant of Renewed Christian Leaders by Mark Sayers. 
According to Sayers, we're living in between two eras, an era that is passing away and an era that is not fully formed. This has created a context of confusion, stemming from the influences of both the passing and forming eras. He calls this time the gray zone. It is a time in which we are living that has caused a cultural mood of anxiety, which has the ability to paralyze rather than prosper. We not only live in an anxiety-infected culture, but many have become anxious presence themselves. So in his book, A Non-Anxious Presence, Mark Sayers explains how to identify, navigate, and adapt to this gray zone phase of global culture. He argues that the only solution for an anxious presence is the presence of God himself. This book will give you a personal awareness of the times in which we live and help you develop a non-anxious presence. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order A Non-Anxious Presence, How a Changing and Complex World Will Create a Remnant of Renewed Christian Leaders by Mark Sayers. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Genesis. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.